Okay, everybody, how you doing? Welcome to episode number 41 of the John Riley Project. And man, I'm so glad to have one of my favorite guests. This is his fifth time on the John Riley Project. That's like almost one out of every eight episodes. Bad penny. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Pete Neal. Pete, how you doing? Good. Welcome back. Good. You know, um, you know, we talk about this podcast and how it's all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And you were here just about a month ago or so. We did the uh, Corvette happiness, you know, right. and we got to learn all about your Corvette Calypso. We went for a ride, and that car is fast. <laughs> um, and you were just originally you were telling me about your cross country trip that you got coming up, and so um, always love having you here because you always have really good stories, really great life experiences. And then you contacted me, and you had this idea for this podcast, and right. I said we got to do it. Yep. And and this is a little bit of a departure. As you recall, there was a hell of a lot of planning done for the Calypso. Yeah, okay. a ton. I uh, mean, meticulous. You have books. <laughs> books and documents and yeah. graphs and spreadsheets and mm -hmm. timelines. and Everything was methodically planned out. Mm -hmm. And that has led to a bunch of satisfactions to lifetime objectives. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. But there's an aspect that you and I have talked about to life right. Right, that's not covered in a planned process. And I got fixated through work on a thing that I call eureka moments. Mm -hmm. And I've described this to you, and you and I agree that yeah. there's a whole new aspect Another aspect. Not so describe aspect. it again for everybody else. Okay. A eureka moment is something that is not planned for, unforecasted. It just happens. Okay. I came across it and started paying attention to it in my scientific work life mm -hmm. because you can't make discoveries on a planned basis. You, you know, when you're running a business, you want plans, you want objectives. Well, right. in the science world, you don't know what you're going to learn. Right, okay? right, right. It, That's true. It, it's a discovery process. And yeah. when you make a discovery at that pivotal moment, the one that, that really launched Jan Medical in the first place was, um, I call it a eureka moment. I was not finding what we were expecting to see in the patient data. And we were getting very depressed because it didn't look like there was a future for this thing we wanted as a company mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Fourth of July weekend was coming up. Big break. Right. All right. Hospitals were going to be non-responsive. Mm -hmm. Things were going to get delayed. And finally, I, on the Thursday before the weekend, I finally had to call our doctor back at Johns Hopkins and say, I don't see it. I don't see what we've been thinking we would expect to see with this particular patient's issue. It's just not there. He says, which way are you looking? I says, same way I'm always looking. We're looking side to side, hemisphere right. to hemisphere. Right, he right. Says, this one's a little bit different. Look front to back. Okay, change in perspective. Right. Yeah, yeah. I said, okay, you know, I don't hold too much faith because it's, if it's going to show up, it's going to show up side to side. They were the best sensors we had. Forehead, back sensors, too far away. But lo and behold, I saw something on the forehead sensor. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, this was a eureka moment. Right. It was Saturday when I made that discovery. Right. Fourth of July weekend. It was Tuesday before I could talk to anybody about okay. it. I <laughs> suffered with that information all weekend long. You're supposed to have fun on the Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, and I didn't. <laughs> it ruined the entire weekend because right, right. I had this godsend moment. But I started keeping track of all the Eureka moments in the company from that point forward. I, I've got a collection. Probably another book, right? Another book okay. of Eureka moments, <laughs> transitional moments. Yeah. But then you take it another step. You bring it into a personal thing. What are eureka moments in my life that changed the direction? Not the company. All right. These are personal things. Mm -hmm. And when you sit down and you analyze a eureka moment, 
All right, and you narrow it down to the specific threshold of when that thing took place. You can see what led up to it, and then you can see the major diversion it puts in your life. Oh, no question. Okay. Like so you that's said, a eureka like, moment. So it's like a fork in the road, and you take one one pathway, mm-hmm. not really realizing that much that you're take, making that choice. Right. And then you get down the road further, and you realize, oh, I made a right turn there. Yep. And it ended up, you know, having these great consequences, maybe some negatives as well, you know? So the one of the eureka moments that I've had in my life, I didn't feel fully appreciate until – Within the last few years. That eureka moment was 40 years ago. And you're just realizing it now. And yeah, it's, I can now nail it down. I can define it. And that's, I get a tremendous amount. And I think everybody would if they would sit down and analyze their lives' eureka moments and how it interweaves with the planning part of one's life. Yes, yes. Things start to make sense. Yes, they do. All right. They do. So you talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I came in. I did the Corvette thing, which was planned. Very planned. This one I wanted to come in and give somebody else another perspective on Eureka moments. Right. And I've had some. Okay. You're you're always good for a good story. (laughs) So I know you have three of them. I have three of them. Yeah. And in the analysis of a Eureka moment, there can be a single moment where it changes. Okay. Oh, yeah. No question. There are other things that are more gradual. It may take place over two or three days yeah. or maybe weeks. Yes, okay. yes. But it's still something happens, there's a change, and you come out on the other side going off in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps in the form of understanding. Right. Okay. So I said, John, I want to do this podcast on Eureka Moments. I right think on. it would add on another dimension to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yes, it does. It's right, it's right in that sweet spot. So I come to the layered cake. Okay. All right. Because <laughs> you're right. I have three Eureka Moments in different orders of uh, importance or weight. Okay. One of which is that one that 40 years, it happened 40 years ago, Mm -hmm. and it changed the entire direction of my life. One moment. comes down to four sentences. (laughs) This is awesome. You really narrowed this down. Now, to this tangential to that eureka moment, there's another eureka moment, which I call... I I was totally oblivious to it at the time that it happened. It wasn't until later with the passing of my mom in December where Mm -hmm. I've been spending some time thinking about her passing and Mm -hmm. going through the grieving process Mm -hmm. and going through all that stuff. I said, holy shit. (laughs) I had a eureka moment where I suddenly appreciated what I was doing and the impact it was having on my family. Mm. All right? Mm-hmm. So it was spread out. It was more filtered. Okay? But it was a moment. It does have a fulcrum moment. And it doesn't impact me personally. I've lived with it. But it makes me understand my family relationships. Well, t- we'll tell the whole story. I, I'm going to okay, get to it. Okay, we're right? building up. Okay, we're That's, building up. The first one is the big one, yeah. my life. Yeah. The second one affects my family. Okay, this is the okay. layered cake. This is the layered cake. The final one is helping others. Okay. Okay. And it was a eureka moment in my life, mm-hmm. okay, where I put things into motion Was it planned? No. It was strictly the way things happened. Right. Along a certain course that was not forecastable, not predictable. Mm -hmm. It just happened. So that's my layered cake. Wow. Let's get to the three moments. Okay. All right. The first one. 
Submarine stealth. Okay. I got dolphins sitting on your table today. I rode, so this is in, everybody knows about this in the city of Poway. It was on the, one of the forums. <laughs> Somebody asked me, well, are you sure you can get along with the city staff? Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, you know, I rode 10 different submarines. So I can get <laughs> along with anybody. Well, yeah, you better get along with and people on submarines. How can you possibly have ridden 10 submarines in nine years? It's impossible. What they don't understand is I was a rider. I was not permanent ship's company. Uh, I was only going to be on board for special operations. Right. So I'm not qualified as a rider. I never felt a lot of my shipmates and friends did. They qualified in submarines. But I never felt like I was a member of the select crew. All right. So I never qualified in submarines. I never wore dolphins. Hmm. All right. But I respect them for what they are. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'll come down to the four sentences. I'm going to skip to the chase. Okay, good. I was... In the Navy, I was permanent shore duty. Sailors die for per permanent shore duty. And yeah. I stumbled into it with the Navy. The Navy just guided me, and I was in a job code where I was never going to have to go to sea. My job was just fine. But it, I was 19 and 20 years old. I wanted some adventure. Right, right. So at the end of one thing that I'd done one time, my commanding officer came up to me and says, uh, How'd you like that? I said, that was a lot of fun. What else do we do <laughs> that's right? like that? Right. You just completed a task on land. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, I, th I think we ride submarines in, in your job code. I said, really? He says, yeah, I don't know anything about it. I can't tell you anything. I said, well, would you look into it? I, yeah. I, you're talking about me being transferred to my next duty station. Yeah. I don't want to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. If I have an opportunity to go on submarines. Right. Because I just saw one going to sea, and that's way cool. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So he said, sure. Pivotal moment. Eureka moment. He found out what we did. We wrote orders. I went to Pearl Harbor. I started in the program that rode submarines. Did that for 10 years. And you've told me that submarines are a big part of your personal identity. Everything I have done subsequent to that moment has been dependent upon the fact that I rode submarines. Wow. The foundation of Jan Medical comes from the technology we used on submarines. Wow. All right. If I hadn't ridden submarines, I would have had the answer for the people that came to me and said, is this possible? So that one moment where you saw the submarine go out to sea— you said, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, but that's as far as it went. Yeah. Until my, the CEO asked me, he says, you know, what do, you, what do we want to do with you? You know, where are you going to go? Yeah. And you knew, you know, a, a fraction of a 1% of what submarines were all about. I knew nothing about and, it. And suddenly you're on them, and your whole life changed. My whole life changed. That's cool. Big eureka moment. Yeah, that's not planned out like Calypso. No. <laughs> Meticulously organized no. for over a year. Strictly by a happen chance conversation with the CEO. Because mm -hmm. my orders were being cut. I was going shore-based. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until that conversation that it arrested that process. Right. And got me off in another direction. Nice. That's so, cool. I like that. That's a good story. <clears throat> the next one. Um, we I was on one of my missions, and they had a thing on the boat called the mid-run raffle. And this is where they were projecting the future and things like that. Why is it mid-run? Is it like halfway point of your trip? Theoretically, because we never know how long the missions are going to last. But <laughs> It's sometime in the pick, middle. They, they pick a time. Okay. All, All right. right. Breaks up the monotony. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. So I'll, I'll read it off to you. The chief of the boat says, they were raffling shit off. Right. He says, I have $15 bid on this last jar of peanut butter. Any other bids? <laughs> I don't know what made me do it. I'm not ship's company. I'm a guest on the boat. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I love peanut butter. 
as a as a teenager in my working days, I was known as Peanut Butter Pete. Really? <laughs> yeah, that was my nickname. No, 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 so, not, that's gonna. I don't want to have to call you that. <laughs> no, it's long gone. Okay, Marmaduke took over after that. Oh, that's while. right, Marmaduke. <laughs> yeah. So I said twenty five bucks. It was ten bucks over the next highest bid. You know, fifteen to mm-hmm. twenty. I said twenty five bucks. He says, "Yours, no question." So I bought the last jar of peanut, butter. and I got poked. I got riddled about buying the last jar of peanut butter for twenty five bucks. For weeks, till I started selling finger swipes at a buck a piece. Wow! <laughs> I so made two hundred and fifty percent profit. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo! Okay, the peanut butter became really important for as long as we were deployed. The peanut butter became really important towards the end. I mean, that's awesome. Toilet paper was getting rare. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, that was a eureka moment because my son is now overseas. He's in Czech. Mm-hmm. My grandson's with him over there. But that jar of peanut butter represented how long I had been at sea on that one particular mission. We were running out of food. Ah, okay. Or at least the good food. Period. I mean, Period. We, we were, they called Kool-Aid bug juice. Okay. When I was in, and we were down to lime bug juice, you know. <laughs> you get be way down the totem pole of drinking selections when your only drink is lime bug juice. <laughs> it was horrible. But anyway, remembering back to that, and now that I'm, having a difficult time not seeing my son and my grandson, I said, I did this to my parents. I disappeared off the face of the earth entirely. There was no communication. There was no cell phone or FaceTime with my, like I have with my son. I can call him up right now. You know, well, he's asleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. But in a few hours, I can wake him up, you know. Right. But I can do that in a submarine. It's one of the big things they have today is the separation, the withdrawals the sailors go through when they go to sea and not have a telephone. Mm. But back in the day, we didn't have cell phones. I used to have an age-old expression. I say, look, when the last line comes in and you get underway, all the bills are paid. makes no difference if they are or aren't. (laughs) You're off the face of the earth for the next number of months. Yeah, but it could be a very long time. Very long time. Right. So... All of a sudden, that peanut butter became representative of a eureka moment where I became aware of the impact that that moment had on my family relationships. Mm. My son being in the Czech Republic right now, I'm going through the same thing my parents must have gone through when I was at sea on submarines. So... There's family impacts yeah, to uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. eureka moments. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect me one way or the other. I, I may profit. Right. <laughs> you know, 250% off a, 250%. Off a scoop of peanut butter. Yeah. So then the next thing came along. This is, this is way down the list of eureka moments because it's very filtered. It took a long time to manifest. But my wife is helping out with the Girl Scout. She's the Girl Scout cookie chair. Okay, not chair, but handler. She has done that for years now. And it's been, we just recently, Girl Scout cookie season was upon us, and they'd gone off to do some booth sales, and she came home and she was delighted because my granddaughter had sold $45 worth of Operation Thin Mint, which is where the girls, people can buy, you know, for five bucks or six bucks, Operation Thin Mints that'll then get delivered to the troops. It's a Girl Scout Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember that very clearly when my daughter was in Girl Scouts. Yeah. So I asked the question. I said, who gets to decide where these Girl Scout cookies go? She said, well, it's a Girl Scout organization. They they take care of it. It's a big to-do. It's a big thing. And hmm. back of my mind was the peanut butter. So I started to think about this. I 
called a friend and asked him if if he thought there was a way of if I was to buy some Girl Scout cookies, could I get them to a submarine that's deployed? I'd give them to him. He said, I don't know, I'll check into it. So he did. A long time went by. And he says, God, you wouldn't believe how complicated this is. First of all, there's all sorts of legal things. We were in during the Vietnam War. We're far away from Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're in the Pacific. Right. Okay. Vietnam is far Pacific. Right. We had lots of latitude. We got away with a lot of stuff. All right. <laughs> it was my kind of Navy. Okay. We had a, I had a hell of a good time. Nice. I wasn't in country, which would have been a horrible time. Right, right. Right. But I was having a good time in the Navy. We could do anything. These mid-run raffles don't exist anymore. Hmm been outlawed for some legal technicality or something. Ah. Right. Um, Girl Scouts, more problems. I can't interfere with Operation Thin Men. Legal issues. Ah, jeez. So, finally, um, in an email, I noticed an email address for one of the chiefs of the boat down here in San Diego, and and uh, I I sent him. I wrote up the story about the twenty five dollar jar of peanut butter, and I sent him the story. And all of a sudden, I had an invitation to come down with my granddaughters, the Girl Scouts, yeah, to go tour a submarine. That's so awesome! Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, so I deal. You know, yeah. I, I bought a bunch of Girl Scout cookies. Nice. That's that's, that's gold right there. <laughs> yeah, I bought a bunch of Girl Scout cookies, and uh, I'll be I'll be open with you. This bag, I took them down to the boat in this bag. Oh, nice. Okay. I filled up this bag with Girl Scout cookies. Sweet. That's that's a lot of Girl Scout cookies. That's like what twenty boxes or so. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. In the middle of the bag was a jar of peanut butter. Ah, right on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I gave it to the chief of the boat. I said, "Do with these as you wish, but you've got a copy of my story, so right. you know the motivation." Right. Okay. He says, "I'll take care of it." Nice. And it went down below decks in the bag. Nobody saw what was coming on board the boat during the tour. And all I got back was the bag. So they, mm-hmm. were, they were stashed oh, somewhere. No, good. Yeah. Maybe his locker. Yeah, they, yeah maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe he was going to privately auction them. Um, but, but the fact that they had invited my granddaughters down, that was over the top. Yeah. All right. Well, they embraced your story, you know, and, and and they respected you for it. So that's good. So here's when I went. Do we know where they go? The answer was not exactly. The Girl Scout organization takes care of the distribution. This is the Operation Thinment. Yeah. And I went, hmm. From that moment to the moment that the cookies disappeared inside something long and black. Mm-hmm. That was a long period of time. All right. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a, tra- a, a, a eureka moment that was momentary. It was spread out. Sure. Yeah. So. There were several in there. Okay. My eureka moment was when I went, hmm. But there's a good chance my granddaughters had eureka moments of their own as they were allowed to get into one of the bunks. Mm -hmm. They were allowed to experience what it's like to sleep on a submarine. All right. When they went into the, onto the mess decks and they saw the tables and the chairs and the soda machines and the ice cream dispensers and all the stuff that's on board to cruise mess. Along with all the electronic equipment that keeps poking out of the walls at you. Right. 
And that's one thing that really impressed me. I said, I can remember walking down the passageways in a submarine and not have to worry about hitting anything with my shoulders as I was walking down the passageway. Not so anymore. You come across somebody else in the passageway, you've got to turn sideways. They've got to turn sideways for the two of you to walk past each other. Because it's narrower now. It's narrower. <laughs> well, maybe you're a little bigger in this midsection, though. I'm not, <laughs> all right. I'll give you that. But, I mean, it was, yeah. it was overwhelming. Well, yeah. Well, the, yeah. there are more, more stuff in less space. Yeah. So these are your cookies, by the way. They are? Yeah. I'm going to leave these with you. I'm going to sneak one or two. Okay. Well, this is kryptonite, man. <laughs> cookies get me. And the tagalongs have peanut butter in them, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have no knowledge that everything I do has a connection? Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I'm. This is my eureka moment. <laughs> I'm now realizing that, but you're right. So, eureka moment. First one. My decision to ride submarines. Mm-hmm. Second one. My decision to ride submarines was totally me. Mm-hmm. Up until my wife said, you can be married to me or you can be married to your submarines, pick one. <laughs> and I chose her. So Smart but man. The, but what I learned on the submarines has impacted my entire life. Oh, yeah. All right. So that's my eureka moment. Second eureka moment. That's something that you do a moment unplanned. It just happens, but happens in your life. And the impact is not on you. The impact is on how you've interfaced with the other family, other Mm. people. Mm. And the third is where you have an eureka moment and you pass it to somebody else. Mm. You have provided Mm -hmm. a eureka moment for somebody else. Because your granddaughters being on that submarine, they're never going to forget that moment. It'll be permanently etched into their mind. I was amazed. They've got short-term memories. Mm-hmm. Seven-year, you know, very young girls have very short-term memories. Right. But every time that they've come to the house since, or I've been over there, the subject of that visit to that subject, yeah. that two-hour time frame is there. Yes. Yeah. They'll never forget it. They'll never forget it. Because back in that time, you know, our memory is is cloudy, right? Mm-hmm. We only remember little bits, but it takes something very important to be the ones that we cho- we do end up remembering, and that's one of them. Yep. Submarine stealth. Something that bothered me when I was in the Navy. I never got impacted with the departures of submarines directly. Mm-hmm. But I was aware of it. Every time a carrier left Pearl Harbor, every time a destroyer left Pearl Harbor, there were bands. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People waving. Oh, yeah. And they're all lined up in their, all lined in their up uniform in their... right along the edge of the ship. Don't get that with a submarine. When a submarine leaves, it's silence. And everybody's looking that thing. And I, I've said it in my story. I've said it in my description. And it's almost in unison where people are whispering, where's that sneaky son of a bitch going? <laughs> right. That's the feeling I felt that day on San, when I was underway on a landing craft moving that van from San Diego to San Clemente Island, bouncing around in the ocean in this little landing craft with a two-and-a-half-ton truck full of communications equipment. Right. Working our way around a submarine that was departing. Was I worried about my communications van that was... This is back in the days of tubes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The big transistor tubes, yeah. Those things, that thing was surviving a hell of a lot of impact. Right. But what got my attention was that submarine leaving. Just a little sliver of black. It got your curiosity up, and then that that question was given to you by your office, your commanding yeah. officer, and then next thing you know, you're on one. So, to bring this to closure, 
Okay. We delivered the cookies to the boat. My granddaughter saw the thing. There was a little jar of peanut butter buried in the bottom of the bag that it wasn't there. It, he took the peanut butter with the cookies. Right, right. Okay. That disappeared. The whole reason that took place was because of my love of the times on the submarines. Mm-hmm. But what brought that full closure is I went out to the Cabrillo Monument mm. on the end of Point Loma. Yeah. And I set up my cameras to video the departure of my Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> okay, good. Filmed the whole thing. Videoed the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Sitting there on the cement wall and looking at this little sliver of black going out its way, heading towards San Diego, one and two, red and white, red and green buoys. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I looked at the round of the maybe 10, 15, maybe 20 people at the monument. I would say that probably four-fifths of them that were there for the Cabrillo Monument. Yeah, yeah. But there were four that I identified as having to do with that submarine. And they can't get down to the submarine base. They had been down at the submarine when the submarine was tied up. But yeah. once it started to get underway, they hightailed it for Cabrillo Monument. Right. They came up to Cabrillo Monument. Two wives with little ones. Little ones were running all over the place. But their husbands were leaving. Mm-hmm. There was one uh, woman not quite my age, but somewhere between a wife and my age. I asked her, I said, you got somebody on that boat? She says, my son. Mm. Meant a lot. So the boat pulled away from the pier. The, The tenders left it alone. It made it turn. The two escort vessels got underway and escorting it out the harbor and here comes this boat out got right off of the where you could see it the best in the video I broke open a box of tagalongs <laughs> okay here's to you gentlemen right on took another one out for your son very nice Eureka moments. They're special. They are know? special. It's it's interesting to look back on your life and ask yourself, how did I get to where I am today? You know, and sometimes it just it's the natural evolution. Sometimes people have a plan, but only to a degree. Mm-hmm. Certain events happen, people make choices, and then suddenly they're on a submarine and uh, for the next ten years of their life. I've right? asked this question before. Where do we find the people to do this? Where are the pe- Where do we find the people who are willing to leave their families and be totally, totally out of touch for months on end? We got a shitload of them in submarines. Not just the troops in Iraq and Afghanistan and here and there. They have a phone. They can call. Submarines is one step different. They have a box, pier side, little cubby holes. All right. When you're getting on board that submarine, you take your phone out of your pocket and you slip the phone in the cu- one of those cubby holes. You don't have no. There's no cell phones. On well, board yeah, obviously. Ever. Wow. So not only can you not communicate with your family, but you don't really know what's going on in the world. You don't know who wins an election. <laughs> I mean, you don't know anything. I went to sea with um, one president, just been elected, with some turmoil going on. Yeah. I came back from sea, and we had a different president. Wow. I missed the entire Nixon Watergate thing. Really? Well, in segments. 
Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Right. But that whole, literally, I went to see with one president and when we surfaced, we and, had a different president. <laughs> and your situation, because you were a guest on the, sh- on the, on the sh- ship or boat, what's the right term? Boat. Okay. So when you were a guest on the boat, you were only there for a subset of the total time that the the officers and the crew were on that boat. So their situation is even more extreme than yours. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely, positively. That's that's the point I try to make with my own peer group who rode the boats, who got qualified. Great. I don't know if you're at liberty to answer this, but are, are, are there such things as people that have been underwater for over six months, over 12 months? Not contiguously. Okay. Yeah, so they'll come up for air, right? They will come up for stores. For Oh, to get supplies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, but that's the only limiting factor. It's, no, it's, not, it's not the submarine anymore. The submarine can go to sea forever. Right. But the deployment, it could be... How long? <laughs> it's interesting. They still use six months. They say six. Yeah. So when you when it you, was never six. Okay. Because <laughs> when you when you leave, you know, Point Loma and say goodbye to mom, you might not be back for six. nine months, twelve months, could be eighteen months. Depends on what's going on. Well, yeah, of time. course, it depends what's going on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's that's <laughs> a heavy burden for. Um, the wife and kids back home. Yeah, yeah that's what you're saying. It's, yeah, I mean, I, I was Wendy and I were talking about this just yesterday, talking about all the different girls that I met in my life. Why did I end up marrying her? All right, I said because you're the only female I knew that was totally independent that did not need me. Hmm. You could stand on your own. You could make decisions on your yes. own. You are not dependent on me for anything. Good. You, <laughs> all right. Yes. So I was zeroing in on you, all right, because I, in my profession, I needed somebody who could be independent. Right. The unfortunate thing was it had wear and tear on the daughter and family, so. Yeah, well, that's she understood. said. You can be married to me, or you can be married to the submarines. Pick one. Yeah, we, it got to a point where <laughs> it was too much. Yeah, because as a, <laughs> I hate shore duty, and it shows up in my professional evaluations. When I was in the shop getting ready to go to sea, my performance reviews were three, four, three, six. Somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Out of five? Yeah. Four. Four point oh. Oh, out of four. Yeah. Okay. All right. When I went to sea, I was four oh. Oh, right on. Okay. Okay. You're in the <laughs> zone right there. Two different people. Yeah, right. If you look, you can tell by looking at the performance reviews from my 10 years in the Navy when I was in, when I was in port and when I was well, in so That doesn't surprise me because you, the submarines are such a key part of your life. Mm-hmm. Every time we talk, something, it comes up, it comes up in some level because uh, it's so important to you and it's part of your identity you know and and it doesn't surprise me that that you were performing at the highest level at a eureka moment yes mm-hmm. i mean i joined the navy the chances were that i was not going to go to vietnam right remember when you and i were growing up yeah. that was a big threat oh yeah yeah were you pre-draft i mean um, yeah i was born in 65 so okay, I no, was so too, you yeah. were you were post that. Yeah. yeah you're a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean the biggest fear that we had, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going through my fiftieth high school reunion right now. Mm-hmm. And the number of deceased. Oh, yeah, I'll bet. It, it, it hits you between the running what well, a submarine expression. It hits you between the running lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but probably a good number of them were from the Vietnam War. Yeah. Drugs. And drugs. Car accidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a fear. I mean, everybody was sweating the draft. Well, yeah. You were finding ways out of the draft 
bone spurs. Yeah, right, 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 right. Okay. There were a lot of ways. Go to Canada. Right. All right. Personally with me, I didn't follow that. Mm-hmm. I'd just been given a hell of an education. I felt very appreciative of where I was living. I was the son of two people who had come here from Canada. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get away from them. <laughs> right, right. I'm going to join the Navy. Mm-hmm. At least I won't be in Vietnam. There's a good chance I won't be right. in Vietnam. I mean, there right. were people in the Navy that did. I mean, but, yeah. I ended up in the Tongan Gulf. Yeah, but if you were in the Army or the Marines, you would have been slugging it out in the in the jungles. Bigger risk. Yeah. Bigger risk. What's your thought on the draft? Do you think the draft is a good policy? What do no. you think? Yeah, I don't either. No. Believe it or not, this is what I keep coming back to. Where do we find these people that do this? Well, for some people, it's... You know, it's a it's part of their family heritage, mm-hmm. where their father and their grandfather served. That that is part of the family culture. Yep. Um, yeah. We're getting off of Eureka moments. We are a little bit, but you know, it's just a fun conversation. I like the Eureka moments. I do too. I really do. I think they're cool things to sit there and analyze. You did a podcast recently, or was it a Facebook? live thing where you're sitting down in the ocean. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a, I was on a bike ride on mission, on mission beach boardwalk. A lot of introspective in that particular cast. Well, there was, there's two, there was one I did on sunset cliffs about a storm coming. Mm-hmm. And there was a second one I did about living in the moment, um, that it was on a bike ride. Living in the moment. Yeah. That's the one that hit me. I also thought about, is he looking for periscopes? Oh, <laughs> I never even thought of that. I, I should have. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, because that's how, you know, you're, you're wired that way. You know, support and defend the Constitution of the United States from enemies foreign and domestic. I did that for 10 years. You did there's a factor in me where I go down to the beaches here in San Diego, and at one moment in time or another, I will look out to see. Is he there? Not our guys. Those guys. <laughs> right. The guys who are trying to influence our elections. Right, right. When I was in my 20s, we're right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For all I know, they may still be right there. So I look for them. Right. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But, um, yeah, one eureka moment has a huge impact on me. And it's not been until the last few years where I've started to look in retrospect and saying, oh, this is not just a work thing. This is a human life Thing. And it's not just me. This guy I've met, John Riley, he gets it. Hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. I can sit and talk to John Riley about Eureka moments because he knows where the hell I'm coming from. Yeah, I do. Now, the thing is that I would like to promote to the people that are watching the podcast and listening to the podcast, including my stepniece who is on her way to Colorado at the moment, if you're listening to this podcast... Ex-Marine. I love her dearly. All right. She was a running back for her high school football team. Really? Email. That's awesome. That's awesome. Here in San Diego. Really? Yeah. Wow. She got hit kind of hard. After a punt, re- punt return. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they carried her off the field so she could get into her prom dress because she was the queen of the prom for the homecoming dance. Really? She's playing on the field. <laughs> All right. Kristen, if you're listening, pay attention. Think about it. Eureka moments. You've had a few yourself. That's an awesome story. And I'm quite proud of that girl. She's, she's okay. She works for the U.S. Patent Office. Really? Yeah. 
just got moved her place of business from Washington, D.C. to Denver. So she's she came out here to San Diego just as a visit on her roundabout trip to Denver mm-hmm. in a Jeep. More suited for the mountains of Colorado than Calypso is, yeah, right. apparently. <laughs> Calypso is uh, built for pavement. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good, it doesn't have four-wheel drive. Yeah. Anyway, um, I wanted to put this on the table for your listeners to think about because Eureka moments are a very real thing. You don't plan for them. They just happen. And when it comes time to wrestling with things that you're trying to fit, figure out where you are and who you are, Eureka moments play a lot. They do. And you got to pay attention to them. You They're do. sort of deeply interwoven with the plans that you may have. So I wanted to share that. Well, Pete, thank you for sharing it. Because I think this is a great topic. You know, the, Don't the, forget your gut cookies. Oh, my, oh my God. You know, <laughs> I tell you, this is, this is, this is kryptonite. Um, you know, this podcast is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the, the category of life, the, what I talk about is taking ownership of your life, you know, in many cases, planning your life appropriately, mm-hmm. but also looking at your life. Looking at the things that you've done, your accomplishment, the road that you've been on, mm-hmm. what's gotten you to where you are and what's your plan to go forward. This is all very consistent with it. It is. And by having that understanding of our own life and understanding of who we are, kind of helps it helps it make it easier in our pursuit of our own happiness mm-hmm. because we have that clarity. You know, I, I, I do this all the time. I, I look back in my past and... Things that I've done and what little you have. Oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, But you know, I look at things in my past, and yeah, there's a lot of it has. Things in my past have had great impact to determine how I got to where I am today. You know, so um, this is this is good. This is good stuff. It just makes you pause and really think about think about yourself and think about your your timeline. Right. Yeah, it's special. Yeah. So um, are you going to think about doing Eureka Moments as a separate segment compared to Life Liberty? Or is it always going to be incorporated into Life Liberty? I don't know. Like like Life Liberty and the pursuit of happiness just made sense to me. You know, we came out of that political season. We did all the interviews with the candidates. And I was just trying to find out what is – is there a higher purpose that I can wrap around all the things that I enjoy talking about? Are you satisfying a need, in my opinion? Well, thanks. Yeah, I've I really become very enamored with the John Riley podcast. I never know what the hell you're going to cover. Um, everyone is announced with a little thing, but I was just wondering about this part of it because it fits into life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It does. It, it There's so many things that we can talk about in a podcast. Right. And many podcasters will pick a very, very narrow segment. You know, they'll, they'll just be a talk about girl scouts as an example. And it's the girl scout podcast and they talk about girl scout things, but I didn't want to pick a category and be confined. Right. I wanted to look at all the different things that I enjoy discussing, the things that I enjoy experiencing in life. And that's why, I, I mean, I'm trying to make this about my ego or anything, but that's why I named the pod- project John Riley Project because mm-hmm. I wanted to look at all these different aspects of life through my own lens and share that. And it's called a project because I'm learning as I go. <laughs> I'm learning about the technology, learning how to podcast, meeting people like you along the way, um, learning about more about Eureka moments, you know, at, at a deeper level. But um, I still wanted to, I chose life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness because it, it captured everything about this notion of discovery of oneself, self-improvement. That was in the life bucket. Mm-hmm. The liberty part of it really talked a little bit more about politics, philosophy, maybe even history was there. And then the pursuit of happiness is it, just all the things that make life great. You know, for me, you know, I talked my previous podcast was about the Padres. Padres opening day. I mean, I'm, that makes me very happy. Mm-hmm. We talked about the Corvettes with you. That makes you very happy. And in turn, it made me very happy. Yeah. And so I just enjoy talking about these kinds of things that fire people up. 
So it fits. But down the road, maybe this podcast changes. I don't know. But I like the way it's going right now. I do too. I, I, I really like it. It's it's. <laughs> um, Wendy goes out line dancing on Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. She doesn't particularly care for the TV show Survivor. I do. I've watched Survivor season after season after season. <laughs> I mm-hmm. love – one time I wish they'd put a submarine sailor on as one of the guests. I think, <laughs> I think he'd win. Because, yeah, that's a unique, <laughs> a unique breed right there. But I also now use Thursday nights to catch up on John Riley projects. Really? Yeah. I'm right up there with Survivor. <laughs> You're up there with Survivor. <laughs> okay, thanks. Yeah. Um, this Eureka Moment thing was important to me. Thank you for having me on board. Thank you, Pete. To uh, bring this to fruition, I hope the people that are listening will think about their Eureka Moments and hopefully approach. There's a whole comment section. If you're watching this on YouTube, yeah, there are comment sections way down there. Just scroll down. Mm-hmm. And type in your Eureka moment. Well, yeah, we'll we'll be posting this on social media. It'll be on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and 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 for you that are watching and listening, you know, be sure to subscribe. You know, be sure to follow us on social media on YouTube. Yeah, leave comments, share your Eureka moments, those sort of inflection points in life where your life took a turn one way or the other, often leading you to greener pastures, new opportunities. Um, They're special moments. But Pete, thank you for joining me on episode 41 of the John Riley Project. I think this is my shortest one. I think it is. So um, it's it's Thursday right now, right? No, today's Friday. Today's Friday. Today's Friday. So I'll try to get this posted Friday night, tonight. And hopefully you'll be able to watch it before Thursday. Yeah. Well, yeah. This one has me in it. Yes, it does. (laughs) Bubbles to the top. Yeah, somewhere up there. Okay, but thank you, Pete. You bet. All right. Okay. Okay.